Hello, and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is episode 307. My name is Emily Rainbow Davis. Thank you so much for listening. Today, I uh, had a first day of jury duty. Oh, boy. And uh, we, we did a lot. They asked me a lot of questions about podcasting. <laughs> Those lawyers. Uh, and then I got selected. Oh, Lord. I hope it's not because they just want to hear more about podcasting. I don't think so. Anyway, woo, I'm, I'm on a jury. <laughs> I am not looking forward to it. Anyway, the, today's blog is um, some hot tips for how to interact with a grieving person. I don't think it's super sad. It's just like a lot of um, advice really. Uh, advice I, I wish I had had when I had people lose people. Um, yeah. So I'm going to read it to you. And then afterwards, I'm going to sing a very silly song. So if talking about grief uh, is hard for you or you don't want to hear about it or whatever, you can just skip to the end and hear a very silly song. Uh, so it's a, it's, we got, we're, we're the whole spectrum here today. <laughs> um, so meanwhile, here it is. It is called how to be with a grieving person. There are a lot of things I wish I'd known when friends and family have lost loved ones in the past. I wish I could have known them without knowing such grief myself, but unfortunately that is how I learned it. I noticed that those who have experienced a loss like mine were the most adept at engaging with me in a difficult time. It is a skill forged in tears, it would seem. I know people worry about what to say to someone who's lost someone, so a lot of times folks just don't reach out at all. The thing is, though, for all the fear of saying the wrong thing, there's really nothing to say. There is literally nothing anyone can say that will make a death less painful. It is simply painful, and words are unlikely to make much difference. Your words will not be the thing that turns someone's grief around. Does that mean you shouldn't say anything at all? No, you should say something, but you don't have to say anything original. You can say, I'm sorry for your loss. You send your condolences. They won't change anything, but they will affirm your presence with the grieving person, which frankly is all that is required. Show up. Give hugs if they're wanted. Hold a hand if it's needed. Pass the box of tissues if the person runs out. If you don't have anything to say, just sit quietly. Flowers are really nice. If you're far from the grieving person, you can send cards. You can send care packages. You can send text messages. You can send flowers. You can send flower emoji. People kept offering their ears if I needed to talk. And maybe there are people who grieve in a garrulous way, but I did not need to talk. There's just not much to talk about. He's dead. It's terrible. That's it. But it was really helpful to hear from people every so often. 
Honestly, just a little flower emoji was all I needed to know someone was thinking of me. I felt like my needs were so basic, but they were rarely met by anyone outside of my immediate circle. Most people, if they did anything, wrote a condolence message on my Facebook post about my brother's death, and that was that. I have done exactly the same with my condolences over the years. I'd do it differently now. First, I'd send a direct message of some kind, an email or a social media message. If I could, I would send a card, if I have their address. Cards are nice because you can look at them again and feel as though the person that sent it to you is with you all over again. If the grieving person was nearby, I'd ask if I could stop by and give them a hug. Then for the people I know well, I would check back in. How are they now? The loss doesn't stop. It's okay to send a second or third condolence slash check-in. I think people worry that they're going to trigger more grief by bringing up a loss. But what I know now is that the grief is there whether someone is asking after it or not. I think mostly people are worried about making someone cry when they're not currently crying. I don't want to speak for every grieving person. I mean, I couldn't, possibly. But I will say for me, I'd rather be asked after than avoid tears. I really don't mind crying. And I haven't cried yet at an inquiry about how I'm doing with the loss. The loss and the tears are present, whether you ask after them or not. It can be a relief just to acknowledge its presence. When someone brings up my brother's death, I feel cared for because not everyone is willing to acknowledge such a thing. In my particular case, the dominant response to the situation was silence. I'm not in a community where people bring casseroles. I did not receive a single lasagna. I think I might have liked one, as those rituals of care seem especially poignant to me now. Like, if you don't know what else to do, bring food. But I really can't complain. I received many kind messages and two sweetheart cactuses. And I am so grateful for all the care. I promise I'm not writing this to get a lasagna out of the deal. I'm really writing this for myself, from before. Like all the things I wish I'd known before, when friends or family lost someone. There are so many things that make a difference that I would not have considered. Things like checking in with someone more than once, or just sending a thinking of you message, or an emoji. That's all stuff I wish I'd done before for people who are dear to me. It's fine. I didn't. I didn't know. And the vast majority of people don't know either. So whatever response they had is also truly fine. One thing death does for you is to clarify the stakes and scale of a thing. The really bad thing is the death. Any response to it pales in comparison to that bad news. A lot of people who've been through loss like this mentioned that people can say stupid things on the subject. I'm sure that's true. But I mostly didn't experience anything particularly stupid. Honestly, I think something stupid would be better than nothing. 
If you say something really stupid, at least we'll have something to talk about. If it's really stupid, we might get a good laugh out of it even. I mean, the stupidest comments I heard at my brother's memorial were of the I didn't know Will had a sister variety. Which, you know, sucks for me, Will's sister. But it's that person's truth, so no big deal. That's just facts for them. What I'm trying to suggest here is that showing up for someone in grief is really just showing up in whatever way you can and doing it in a sustained way. Send that thinking of you text, and then after a few weeks, send another one. It's simple, but it's effective. You'll see. I hope you won't have to see it for yourself. This whole post has made me think a bit about a couple of things. One is how attached to originality people can be. Like, they feel like they have to say something uh, unique in a situation that does not require it. And I think that's what hangs up a lot of people because they're like, I mean, I've, I've, I've felt it myself for sure. Like, how can I really express my condolence to this person in a way that speaks to their loss and my it's like no just say just say sorry for your loss like it's really no one no one needs um like a whole treatise is what is the that that is a big one I think we don't need to be original in unoriginal situations uh I feel like the other thing I really learned is like how important rituals can be and I think I think there's something about and this is connected to the originality I think because it feels like in the old days there were a lot more rituals at least I feel like there's like people make fun of you know oh no someone has died now I have 27 lasagnas in my house because everybody brings a lasagna but the fact is nobody brings a lasagna anymore, at least in my experience. And maybe, I mean, I, I could be wrong. It could be other members of my family who, you know, live closer to the source of the situation, received many lasagnas. I, I doubt it, but I, it's possible. I certainly did not receive any lasagna. And, and I feel like people don't bring a lasagna because it's a cliche, but actually go ahead and be a cliche. I guess that's the thing. That's the main thing is be a cliche. Just nobody, nobody will be upset about a cliche in this situation. And I guess there's a fine line between cliche and like ritual and, uh, kind of repetitive action. Like there's, this is a, this is one of those situations where you don't get extra points for originality. I think. I don't know. Uh, and, and I'm obsessed with lasagna. <laughs> Which is why the song you're going to shortly hear is lasagna. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm going to play that for you in a second. It is a very silly song. It is Weird Al Yankovic's lasagna. Because it's the only song about lasagna I could find. Um, I tried, I looked at like other songs, like songs about grief and oh my God, every song about grief is just so maudlin and like, 
ugh, it's not even, they're not even cliches. They're just like, I don't know. Not, 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 none of them did it for me. So, so I, I went in the absolute opposite direction for, for this, this week's song. Uh, and I'm talking about lasagna. That's it. So I'll be playing lasagna for you in just a moment. But meanwhile, thank you for listening. Also, I received some very nice flower emoji after uh, I posted this particular post. So thank you to the messengers and the emoji senders and the message senders. It continues to be nice, and I thank you. Um, thank you also, again, once again, for listening. If you like the blogcast, please tell someone about it. Share it on the social medias. Like, review, subscribe, all the things. If you would like to support it, patreon.com slash Davis. There's also Kofi and PayPal. All those links are in the show notes. I don't think there's a way to send a lasagna in there. Uh, but I, I, I wish there were, there should be a lasagna, like, just like send a lasagna button that I could, mm. <laughs> uh, anyway. Also turns out the word lasagna is really fun to say and funny. So, you know, I'm going to play you, uh, Weird Al Yankovic's lasagna, which is based on La Bamba. And uh, I have added a bit of atmosphere to the song. The song is kind of just like a long list of kind of Italian-American cliches. It, I'm sure it's like on a few of those. I don't, this I find super weird, but a lot of like the streaming services will have like mafia music, mob tunes where they play old school Italian stuff. Which is, I find, oh, very strange. But um, in a way, that that's kind of the character that that uh, Yankovic is doing here. Um, sort of old school Italian stereotypes for laughs, of course. Uh, and I've I've uh, embellished it a bit, adding in. Also, some actual Italian in a couple of places as well. And not very much. Just, just a few pastas for your pleasure. Uh, so here you are on guitar. You shall hear lasagna. La 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 lasagna. You want a summer lasagna, magnifico, or maybe spaghetti? Ooh, maybe spaghetti. Ah, your supper's ready now, where you go, mamma mia bambino. Hey, mamma mia. Mamma mia bambino, some mad are you, some mad are you, some mad are you. You should have tasted my lasagna. Ah, you know, like lasagna, that's okay too. How about a calzone? Who doesn't like lasagna? Some a nice minestrone, that's good for you. Have a some marinara. Oh, marinara. Have a some marinara. I know you like, I know you like, I know you like. La, la, 
Would you like uh, some zucchini? Or my homemade linguine? It's hard to beat. Have a more fettuccine. Homemade, of course. Are you getting too skinny? You got to eat. I mangia, mangia. Non ci sono i gnocchi, eh, farfalle, gemelli, bugattini, tagliatelle. And don't you get any onion? Non c'è bisogno. Have a more ravioli. I like the pumpkin the best. You get a roly poly, a nice and a big, like you cousin Luigi. Oh, Luigi. Luigi, Luigi, capish paisan, capish paisan, capish paisan. La lasagna. Lasagna, it could be a baked disease.